The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. This is Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 4, Paragraphs 9 and 10. And yes, we're doing two today, and you'll see why, because check out this first one. It was a law of necessity that what is naturally beneficial should bring this about. So I read this. Uh, I didn't understand what it meant. Uh, I consulted several different translations, thought about it for a couple of days, consulted my Stoicism, Chavrusa, um, and we con- we concluded that you really need to learn it in, in conjunction with the next paragraph as well. Um, so the next paragraph says, All that comes to pass comes to pass with justice. You will find this to be so if you watch carefully. I do not mean only in accordance with the ordered series of events, but in accordance with justice, and as it were, by someone who assigns what has respect to worth. Watch, therefore, as you have begun, and whatever you do, do it with this, with goodness in the specific sense in which the notion of the good man is conceived. Preserve this goodness in everything you do. Okay, so uh, this is a little difficult. we got to tread carefully here, uh, and we got to tread carefully for several reasons. One is that at the outset of this uh of this, you know, series uh, of the Stoic Jew, then I mentioned that the Stoics have their their ethics and morals on the one hand, uh, and then they also have their metaphysics. And I personally am not interested in their mes- metaphysics. Uh, one reason being that we have Torah, which is obviously a far, far more reliable source of metaphysical knowledge. Um, and secondly, like, I'm just not interested in their metaphysics. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, the, you know, many times you can tell which aspects of uh, which of their statements, uh, are, uh, are able to be separated from their metaphysics, but then occasionally you get, uh, you encounter one like this where there's an overlap or an intertwining of metaphysics and, uh, and, and ethics, you know? So, so that's why I say we have to tread carefully here because, uh, this, you know, this whole thing might be predicated on some, uh, foreign idea of, of, of justice in the universe or some idea about that they had about God or whatever. Okay. So that's just one, one warning point. Another warning point is that I believe actually I should have looked this up beforehand. Um, this plays into a, a fallacy, uh, that causes a lot of grief, right? Uh, the fallacy is I think called, yeah, the just world fallacy or the just world hypothesis, uh, Wikipedia says it is a the cognitive bias that a person's actions are inherently inclined to bring morally fair and fitting consequences to the person. Thus, it is the assumption that all noble actions are eventually rewarded and all evil actions are eventually punished. Now, um, I'm not saying that this is uh, inherently a commit, uh, you know, a, a, an instance of the fallacy. I'm saying that that you have to be careful when applying this advice, this notion that everything is is just, that you don't walk into the fallacy. And you might object to me and say, well, obviously Judaism holds that that everything that happens is in line with justice, right? Hatsur tamim polo kichol derchav mishpat, right? The the rock, um, all of his action is, uh, all of his creation or his actions are um, are are without blemish, um, and all of his ways are justice, right? But we know that justice. God's justice in Judaism is not a simple matter. I tell this to my EOF students all the time, is if it were such a simple thing to deal with the with seeming injustice in the world, if there were so if there were a simple answer to that question, you would not need a a book of EOV, which is over 40 chapters long. You wouldn't Moshe Rabin wouldn't have needed to ask this question to Hashem when he uh when he you know spoke with him at the at the highest level. Um and uh so it can't be a simple answer. Okay, so so we have to, again, that's why I mean we have to try carefully. So the question is, like, what can we get out of this? Now, um, I, I can't help but notice that this, this notion of 
um, the way that he's phrasing it here, uh, that, um, hold on, let me just get the text again. All that comes to pass comes to pass with justice. You know, very reminiscent of certain other statements in Chazal. For example, uh, Nachumish Gamzu's statement, Gamzu Latova, this is also for the good, or Kol David Shemaya Latavavid, you know, everything that, that, um, uh, that, that heaven does is for the good, you know, or is for good. Um, it's not the same because obviously he's putting the emphasis on justice, but the, the use it, you know, the, the, the slot of like, of this statement of, of, uh, of saying this repeatedly, um, is, uh, is, uh, is parallel to, to those statements in Chazal. So I gave Shir last Thursday on Mizmor Shir Liam Hashabbos, and I read a lengthy excerpt from the Kuzari, and I think it actually does fit here. I don't think this is an artificial, um, uh, you know, a maneuver on my part. <laughs> okay. Um, let me read this excerpt and then I'll explain the connection. So this is the Kuzari in 311, um, 22 through 25. Uh, this is the translation by Rabbi N. Daniel Korobkin. He says, the highly perfected person instills in his heart the conviction that all of God's acts are just, so that his beliefs act as a shield and refuge in relation to the afflictions and tragedies that occur in the world. One accomplishes this by pondering the way God treats all creatures justly and how he provides for them and guides them wisely. Although no one can comprehend the details, we can nevertheless appreciate the generalities of the system. We see how perfectly structured all the creatures are, and we see the wondrous phenomena which reflect upon the intent of he who is wise, desirous, omniscient, and omnipotent. God has provided for the needs of each creature, small and large alike, in the way of instincts, sensory perception, internal organs and limbs, and has in turn provided each with equipment that is appropriate to the creature's makeup. For example, God gave hyenas a ferocious temperament and the means to maul and tear. He gave the rabbit and the doe means to run swiftly, along with a timid temperament. When one ponders the creation of these limbs, their benefits, and their relation to the nature of the animal, he will note the justice and wise order of the system. This will remove any doubts about God's justness. If an argument arises from within him that it is unjust that the rabbit should be the prey of the hyenas or that the fly is the prey of the spider, then let his intellect take control and rebuke him. Let it say, how can I attribute an injustice to the wise God after I have already established his justice? After all, God does not need these injustices for his own sake. If the fact that the hyenas hunt rabbits and spiders hunt flies was mere coincidence, I would have argued that it is all arbitrary. But instead, I see that it is the wise God who righteously guides creation, who placed the faculties and the tools of hunting within the lion, such as ferocity, agility, teeth, and claws. It is God who gave the spider the instinctive cunning to weave its web and trap the fly. God also gave the spider the tools needed for this task, and he specified the fly as food for the spider. God did the same for fish by designating certain fish as food for other fish. I cannot suggest anything except that this is a branch of wisdom that I do not comprehend. I therefore must justify the one who is called the rock whose acts are perfect. And then he connects it, one last paragraph here, to Nakamish Gamzo. Nakamish Gamzu is an example of a person who was able to establish this conviction in his heart. Whenever tragedy would befall him, he would say, Gamzu Latova, this too is for the good. The life of such a person is always pleasant and suffering is light in his eyes. He may even rejoice in it if he considers the sins that he has committed. He then looks upon the suffering with the eyes of someone who has just paid a debt and is joyfully relieved by having his burden removed. He rejoices in the reward and recompense that await him. He is also happy about his ability to teach others how to endure suffering and justify God's decrees. And he rejoices in the good name and great honor that he acquires because of these attributes. So now that that last thing is very high level, but I think we can access the idea in the first part. So what was the Kuzari's main point is the idea that everything God does is just. And where do we see this? If you look in the world around you, you look in the animal kingdom, you look in the plant kingdom, you look at any ecosystem, everything functions with perfect Chachma. All of the systems 
you know, are harmoniously maintained and everything, all the creatures have what they need to survive and thrive and perpetuate their species, uh, despite the fact that they are also occupy a place on the food chain, you know, and everything is, 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 is functioning perfectly. So if you study this and you contemplate it continually and you, you appreciate the justice in creation, then when something happens in the human realm, then, then, and, and you're inclined to think, oh, this is not this is not in line with justice or there is no justice here, then you should stop and realize, no, 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 all of this, you know, if everything God does in the rest of the universe is in line with justice. So certainly in the human realm, that would be the case as well. Um, and, and the difference, obviously, obviously it's more difficult because we have free will and human beings can cause injustice to each other. But the point is, is that the, the, even a human being exercising their free will uh, for the bad is part of the system of God that he created in the universe, God's system in the universe, and is in line with justice in, in, in the general sense. And so, so this is something that, again, whether this provides comfort, that's a high level, right? But, but a proper framing of realizing that everything that happens is in line with justice and taking a proof from everything else in the universe, you know, it, it's like when you have a, uh, a scientist who spends his entire life seeing lawfulness in every single corner of the universe. And then he confronts a phenomenon that he doesn't understand. So he doesn't say, oh, well, that's it. This phenomenon must just not be in line with the lawfulness. No, he assumes that there is an underlying lawfulness based on his knowledge of the rest of the system. And that gives him the conviction to seek an understanding of that lawfulness and to accept the fact that this thing is lawful, even though he doesn't understand it on a personal level, on a particular level. So I think that's a, a healthy, metaphysically correct way to implement uh, Marcus Aurelius's uh, perspective here. Uh, I just want to end off by thanking uh, all of my patrons, Isaiah, Tamar, Isaac, Rafi, Danny, Anne, Aaron, Ed, Moshe, Dove, Esti, Ellie, uh, um, my dad, Gershon, uh, Gersh, uh, um, uh, Reed, Adam, Albert, uh, Avi, Gabi, Ariel, Ezra, and Yaakov. Uh, we are very close to our goal. Uh, we need 77 more dollars worth of, uh, of, um, of Patreon uh, donations in order to reach our goal of 500 uh, for the month. And that will uh, then open up the doors to creating more content. So if you are able to donate uh, to contribute even $3, uh, then it will uh, help us get us towards our goal. Thanks.